Yeah, if you're, you know, if your childhood best friend came up to you and was like, will you um, just die, for, straight up die for me? What would your answer be? No. <laughs> would you die for me? Otherwise, I'd die. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd be like, surely there's a reason why you're about to die. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, first of all, I would ask, what, what did you do? And then also, like, my childhood best friend, I'm like, yeah, but I haven't talked to Tim then, like, to them in years. 10 years, yeah. 15, 20, <laughs> who's to say? That's part of it. That's part of it. It's important that you haven't talked for a long time when this exchange happens. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. No. I, yeah. We didn't exactly. have that great a time when we were kids. <laughs> I could have had that with anyone. <laughs> It's the power. I mean, when you're a kid, you make friends with everyone. You don't. You're not the best judge of character when you're five years old. This is true, and also you completely changed personalities. Yeah. In the t- in, I, you know, I would be like, I wouldn't like straight up tell them no. I would be like, I would try to like make it into like kind of like okay, see what their situation is, and then I'd be like gently be like, buddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds tough. We but weren't no. that close. We like you that know, close. <clears throat> I'm so I've I've been consuming a lot of media, um, not a lot of media. I'm say, talking about the movie watch this week and Ace Attorney. Both yeah. of them have the theme of like someone going th- to through a whole bunch for a, yeah. a friend that they had when they were like ten, yeah, and in and in both cases, in all cases of this, where you haven't talked to your best friend in ten years, and suddenly like you're like I'm gonna fucking die for you. I'm yeah. just like you were ten, buddy. This is <laughs> that, it's that that's the thing. Can't it's, have been that deep. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like sure. Like I remember, like my childhood best friend. We had great time. We had good games, and it was yeah. amazing. Like yeah. it was fun at the time. Yeah. But I don't like sit at like sit alone in my bedroom at night. I'm like, <laughs> oh, if I only had that again. Because again. <laughs> You're a kid. You can have that with everyone. I would make best friends wherever I went. Yeah, yeah. And my family went on a holiday to like Greece, and for a week there would be like only one Finnish kid at the pool next to me, and I would be like, "Cool, we're soul bot. We're soul <laughs> brothers now for this week." And by the end, when we would leave, we would both like cry, each- like cry our eyes out, and then we would completely forgot forget exactly. that we ever spent time together. So. I feel like media that goes off of the basis that you would like you had that close a bond with someone when you were ten is mm-hmm. really like suspension of disbelief is going to places where I I'm struggling. I'm just, you know, it goes too far. The only time I can like fathom it is like if it's like historic like, okay, well, d- recording this movie. But even then I'm like historical I'm like I feel like they have so little, you know, going <laughs> on for them. <laughs> sure like if you well the olden days are different because in the olden days you died when you were 30 so 10 is essentially middle-aged yeah and also like (laughs) when you're a kid you probably have like intimacy and like you're like good friends and you have secrets and stuff and you're like you have like that bond but then you come older you have to marry a sea captain who's cold (laughs) to you and who spends all his time with his friends and it's purely for politics so of course you would look fondly to the one single person you have ever seen as like someone you solely chose for the pure 
need a friendship. You're buying into this agenda that like apparently Hollywood and other things are trying to push on you. And it's just like this agenda is, is, you know, it's just silly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even in the old days. Like, unless you grew up together and you stayed that's friends That's the thing. Yeah, past... that's it. That's, yeah. It's one of those things where I think if you if you stayed, if you were friends, if it's a childhood friend that you knew when you were, like, 10, and then you were still friends when you were, like, 18, mm-hmm. then I'll believe it. Because, you know, I'm still friends with friends when I, friends from when I was 18. You I wouldn't are? die for them. But, like. Oh, you wouldn't? <laughs> Interesting. Well, I will have to <laughs> sit with this for a while. Think about it. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, you know, it's what, but like, I meant like childhood friends that I then still knew when yeah, I was 18, yeah, yeah. right? Like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, it's still, you know, then I'm okay. But if you stop being friends before you were like 16, 17, and then, and then they come yeah. back and you're like 30 and then they're like, Hey, you're a different human being at that time. Yeah. Why should I pay for your my, mistakes? <laughs> exactly. My like personality from when I was 17 to when I was 23 is mm-hmm. like a whole different person. So if yeah. you weren't there for any of that, you don't know who I you am. Don't, you have no clue who I am. Exactly. Yeah. 17-year-old Mari was into like, I don't even know what I was into. Like, you know, the luminaires. Yeah. <laughs> what else was I into? Les Mis? Les Mis, probably. I was, but that's never changed. <laughs> <laughs> What's the third L? Bad example. We need to have like luminaires, Luminaires, Les Mis, Les Mis oh. and... I've forgotten every word that begins with an L. Um, Laptops. Mm, that's also <laughs> still relevant. Yeah. <clears throat> but oh, yeah. Well. Anyway. Dying um, for your friend? Don't believe it. Sounds fucking fake. Uh, childhood friends specifically that you haven't talked to in 20 years. And maybe we're just like outing ourselves right now as the coldest people <laughs> on planet Earth. Everyone listening to this is like, I would die. <laughs> For my friend, in a heartbeat, <laughs> and we're just like, cool. Well, it's it's also I guess we're selfish. It's one of those things. Also, like we're in the modern age where you don't really die for people very quickly, and that's where I'm at too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like why would you? You would have to go out of your way. And that's why I'm also like I'm not confronted with the question a lot, and I don't think there's a lot of people I would die for in general. You know, there's maybe there's maybe causes. Like I'm saying, if there was a big revolution. I would die for the mm-hmm. idea of a better future. I, yeah, yeah. Again, for like the collective us others, the collective for the me, idea us, that there would be exactly. a bigger uh, percentage of people that would benefit from that as opposed to the one person yeah. that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's like one person who's like, like if you know, even <laughs> you know, even just like I'm just I, off the top of my head, I couldn't name someone. Yeah. I don't think I could either. <laughs> honestly. Like, really, just think about it. If someone came up to you, like, someone that was really close to you, <laughs> would you die for me? I'm like, mm. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and let's, and also, like, let, let me think about this. And then my this. first let's question is, like, why are you dying? And why? <laughs> yeah. And why are, uh, why, why do we switch places? Uh, like, what's that about? Yeah, what is giving us the opportunity to switch yeah. places? Because usually, like, if you were to die of a reason, it's pretty much like just it's on it's you. It's probably a, you know, and it's a, a law thing. And if you broke the law, you know yeah. how I am. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't go full, um, 
Hunger Games and be like, I volunteer. <laughs> I mean, cool, but no. Then with, vol- with the Hunger Games, it's still a different situation, right? Because then I'd still be like, I could probably win the Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, yeah, that there would that's that's a difference because you're not volunteering to outright no, die. No, you're just, you know, greatly increasing your percentage of possible death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you believe in yourself enough. You 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 know you can manifest <clears throat> exactly <a> easily. <laughs> if you on that field killing, if other you teams, manifest, you can win the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you the power of attraction. Law of attraction. <laughs> That's what Katniss was missing. Well, she won, so actually, never yeah. mind. Um, but you know, at the end of the first Hunger Games, when she you know does the berry thing, that's the law of attraction. That's her manifesting that she'll win. Welcome to Swamp It Up, our motivational podcast. Welcome, welcome to Swamp It Up, the podcast, this is our... motivational podcast, where we rate every single film known to man. Exactly. And we Shrek also... 1 and Shrek 2. Exactly. And um, in this particular episode, we're also talking about the power of um, manifesting not dying, apparently, <laughs> in the Hunger Games specifically. Um, you might think, hold on, oh, you're back. Why didn't you put anything on Instagram last <laughs> week for not... <laughs> For this week we missed since like last time we told we are back now for real and then we missed we the didn't. entire week. So we weren't that was that was a false that was a false that was false advertising. We weren't back, but now we're back. We're back for real, um at least for the next two weeks, because we're doing a double recording today, trying to get yeah, back we're on trying. track. Yeah, see, um, we're, we're trying to get back to the flow of things. But it was all Rena. And I'm Mari, and Rena just went back to work, and I moved to a different city. So, yeah. you know, we had a little bit on our plate this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to re-enter society. <laughs> it's tough to be a person again, to yeah. go to the... Both of us went back to the office this week, actually. Yeah. And oh, both yeah, yeah, of us yeah. are, um, you know... We got it there. We're there. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing our best, question mark. <laughs> Um, how do we do this again? I keep forgetting. Hey, um, how are you coming to the podcast? How am I coming to the podcast? Um, we want I... to know what what is your mental state so we can see, evaluate later on how accurate this review you're giving is. Yeah, so my current mental state is pretty zen. Um, I'm feeling mm-hmm. pretty like, uh, you know, I'm actually I'm feeling like you know first scene Shrek right now because I just cleaned yeah. most of my apartment except for vacuuming which i'll do later in the mm-hmm. week i was too i was too sweaty to think about it um <clears throat> and i'm in a very clean apartment that looks a lot better than it did when i moved here for the first time and then immediately left in february yeah um so you know we're there we're chilling we're enjoying the space we're trying to create positive associations yeah. with my tiny studio flat yeah. and it's great um so shrek how about you, Rena? How are you coming to the podcast? Um, I am. I, I'm Miss Fiona as she's in the tower waiting for her prince to come. And purely because, well, first of all, it's my first weekend after re- returning to work. So I've holed up myself into this tower of sorts where it's just me time. But also I am currently very into 
Korean historical roma- romances. <laughs> so I feel like I'm buying into that same establishment Fiona buys when she's waiting for <laughs> her Prince Charming. Like that is the content I'm devouring right now. So we're in a similar mindset at mm-hmm. this point in time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, I mean, yeah. Also, you might be wondering, like, wow, Mari, your sound sounds so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> You're no longer coming from After the After six of hell. months. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, it's like, sporadic, like, air tufts. Yeah, around. exactly. When I fled the country in February, I forgot my mic, and I finally <laughs> been reunited. Um, and God, does it feel good to not have to worry about where I'm breathing and then still fuck up when I actually try to breathe properly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Rina, can you tell us what movie we're doing this week? Yes, I can. We are doing Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas from 2003. It's a DreamWorks animated movie that no one has seen. And it is directed by Tim Johnson. And I will give the plot synopsis, right? Yes, you give the plot synopsis first and then I do the categories. Mm -hmm. We should know this now, 67 episodes in. We've had like... The summer, we've barely been here. We have. Even if we were here physically, we haven't been here mentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we have, funnily enough, the story of Sinbad. And our titular main character, Sinbad, is a pirate who wants to steal a book of peace from his childhood friend, <laughs> Prince Proteus of Syracuse. You can see where and our that- uh, cold open came from now. <laughs> Yeah, and um, um, he is unaware that he's directly playing into the hands uh, of a goddess of uh, discord, Eris, who wants to have the book so she can, you know, mess shit up. But then, relatable um, goals. Yeah, she sends a giant um, beast into the sea. That will wreck shit up for Sinbad and this Prince Proteus. And together with the power of friendship, they fight the (laughs) Kraken monster and eventually win. And Sinbad agrees to not to steal the Book of Peace. That's it. And And steals, but but does steal his best friend's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Oh, sorry. Not yet. Um, but then, then uh, Sinbad goes to Syracuse where they have brought the book and he's like thinking about like maybe we can steal some shit from here because it's a cool fucking place. They have shit. And then Eris finds a way to steal the book and then everyone believes it was actually Sinbad <clears throat> who stole, stole the book. So they're saying like Sinbad has to die or return the book. And if he doesn't return the book, they will kill Prince Proteus. <laughs> Who volunteers, much like Katniss Everdeen, to die? Reason, he, yeah, he believes in Simbad against every For single no instinct reason. that he should have. <laughs> and the only person with brains in this team is Marina, Prince Proteus's bright to be, and she um, goes on Simbad's ship because she doesn't believe that Simbad's gonna bring back the book and save Prince Proteus, and she's Which right. Which is fair. <laughs> gonna fuck off. But then Marina kind of forces her to forces him to go on this quest, and then they travel across the seas and fantastic, fabulous, amazing set pieces, and they have hijinks and fun and tomfoolery and dangerous situations with the crew and the stuff that's that happens when you're on a voyage. 
and then they come to edge of the world and they go to Eris's place and they they have like a little Sinbad makes a pact um no what was the thing there's so, like he's like he has to Eris, no he uh, he has to, the deal is that he has he yeah she Eris assumes that Sinbad will lie and not go back yeah and you know that's kind of the deal right that he die for pro yeah die for Proteus Proteus will die and that was the goal uh, and Sinbad mm-hmm. won't go back to take his rightful place as the person who should be getting killed yeah but then Sinbad does anyway yeah and then Eris comes in like haha like I have this book and I will conquer all of you and then she realizes like hey hold on actually you're now Sinbad is like about to get his head chopped off because mm-hmm. he went back to Syracuse to you know be a friend <laughs> be accountable not even be a friend be just be accountable. be accountable again the friendship here is a fucking it's... string <laughs> yeah yeah and um then uh Eris and Sinbad are like, wait, hold on. You're lying there about to get your head chopped off. So you were actually speaking the truth yeah. when you said that you would sacrifice your life for Prince Proteus. And then because of that, Eris has to give back the Book of Peace. And then everyone who was about to kill Sinbad for stealing the book realizes that, hold on, Sinbad never stole the book. It was this, like, big old lady. <laughs> and then everyone's happy. Or you would think so, but then we find out that Marina and Sinbad have fallen in love throughout their voyage, and they're just like, Marina goes to Prince Proteus, and she's like, I'm in love with your childhood best friend now, so let's not get married, and Prince Proteus is just like, chill. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Fucking go ahead. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy your life. And Marina and Sinbad fuck off, mm-hmm. and Proteus is left alone on the <laughs> island of Syracuse. Having sacrificed everything for everything. this guy. They did nothing for him. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so we have six categories on this podcast. The categories are story, character, setting, soundtrack, moral, studio, lore. We give each of them a grade. We can tally up all the grades together, divide them by six, give us the final grade for how close the movie gets to being the same or similar to Shrek 1 and Shrek 2, which is the Shrek's and Mac universe. Um, and we are going to dive right into story, our first category. And it is like, it is a voyage. It is a, it is a journey that we're going on. It is a journey of friendship. It is a journey (laughs) of love. It is a journey of great distance with a goal in mind where it's somehow bound to like fairy tale logic. Fairy tale logic and bound to the fate of a prince between, between, uh, what do you call it? Brackets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a royal person. A royal person who is meant to get married to someone and then doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> and instead, well, we don't know if Marina, maybe Marina is also princess because she's about to be married to a prince. So maybe there's at least some kind of high standing. For some reason, I thought Marina was an ambassador, but this is also because I was playing Dragon Age. It could be because they have they have the ambassador yeah. who is the one who like who insists on Simbad dying for stealing the book. Yeah. So maybe he is she's an ambassador. She was anyway, something important. Like she wasn't kind of diplomat as well, I thought. I can't remember yeah. for sure probably says at the Wikipedia page 
the person of hi of higher status in this case it's not the pr the prince but the she is an ambassador or something she's a three yeah. thracian ambassador in syracuse okay <clears throat> and yeah she ends up falling for the grumpy man who's against the establishment exactly very um shrek and simbad <laughs> they're one in the same <laughs> they're the exact same um heroes who have nothing to lose except everything this sorry complete tangent mm -hmm. these are the three characters from castlevania <laughs> oh my god oh my god they're literally the exact same because alucard is a, it's a prince prince, prince of the night uh fucking what's his face Trev trevor, trevor is, is no the exact same character as the establishment yeah yeah, sarcastic, doesn't give a shit, and then we have a capable lady who somehow is the only one that seems to have her shit together, and only one with brains at all times. This is this is the ultimate dynamic, and falls in love with, with the, the Sinbad, the rap scallion. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, it works, and also Alucard and um, I know this is not the Prince Proteus and Prince Proteus. They both have seem to have a stronger friendship with the other two than the other two have that with him. they have with him <laughs> it's not an equal balanced friendship it's not god this is not the castlevania podcast we're gonna have a castlevania no. spinoff now where we try and find yeah, that yeah. that trio in other media in other movies yeah. um but yeah um <clears throat> it is it shares a lot with shreks like all, like yeah essentially well, Prince Proteus is way more sympathetic than Farquaad could ever oh, be. Oh, you're kind of rooting for him. You're kind of feeling bad for him, and you never feel bad for. Farquaad. This is true. You feel bad for so that's Proteus like from the true... start till the end. <laughs> so a single yeah. moment where I don't feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I'm just caught. I'm like, boy, you deserve so. <laughs> you are doing a lot for people who are doing nothing for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You also have the idea of like having some kind of deal or curse or mythical thing that can be broken mm -hmm. or followed, which is kind of Eris's yeah. entire deal that she's constantly just like, you know, making weird deals to do things to mess up things. Yeah. Like this is just one little thing she wants to do. She wants the book of peace so she can wreck shit up. Yeah. And she en doesn't end up getting it, but she's not vanquished. No. She just goes back to the weird celestial plane, and who knows when she's going to come back. Yeah, yeah. Get ready for Sinbad 2. Seven, yeah. 18 years after the first Sinbad. When Legend doing of it. the eight seas, because we will find a new sea that he can traverse. <laughs> exactly. Um, but... But Eris is kind of like trying to manipulate things like rules and and curses and things like that to her favor in the same way the fairy godmother is yes and it doesn't work out it's a good blend of the two like shrek one and shrek it two. is it is i'm trying to like think like the like exciting set pieces do we have well we kind of have running low-key running away from like a big monster i was gonna like, say we have, like a, we got the we big have, like dragon-esque things yeah twice first we have the sea serpent or the kraken yeah that they end up vanquishing but then they also have where the, the scene where they go to the island mm -hmm. and then they find out that it's the it's it's a huge fucking fish yeah and you have the bird right is it a bird oh yeah, yeah the really big bird the, bird, the iceberg, the iceberg ice exactly that takes them... actually that's that's the like closest because yeah that's uh, the iceberg takes 
Marina and drags her on top of a mountain and Sinbad needs to climb the mountain to save her. Mm -hmm. And then they run away from the bird, much like they would do in Shrek 1. The the bird comes, the dragon comes back in the the Shrek, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else we want to say? Well, like, kind of story, but it's just like, you have this like, no, it's characters. Well, then let's move on to characters. What's, yeah, what grade? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm feeling confident. 77. Uh, 7. Simpad and the 7 seat. Uh, I'm up there. I'll go for 71. Mm-hmm. So 74 total. That's a very high grade. Uh, characters. Okay. Sinbad is Shrek, because he's not about to do anything yes. for anyone <laughs> for the first half of the movie. He's only in it for himself for a lot of it although we find out that it's a bit of a that's what he wants people around him to believe because he like even if it's not like i don't think he cares about prince proteus but he clearly cares for his crew and they have like a good rapport and stuff so i don't think he he likes to think himself as a like loner end of story that's him just him doing his thing but he has a little bit of a softer side yeah i don't know man i think <laughs> i think he gets a softer side i don't think he starts off with it maybe Mar- yeah he maybe needs that's the crew it, to get to things right he needs he needs the crew is also a, like you can he utilizes the a crew tool. to get to places mm-hmm. yeah he does seem to be friends with um with kale with a first mate I, yeah. I'll, I'll say that but i do think that sinbad is more selfish than Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like he gets yeah, there. Yeah, Shrek with Shrek it's more like unearthing yeah. the quality of like warmth and with Simbad it's like he's growing and the quality Sh- of warmth. And here's the thing, Shrek has this additional layer, like an onion if you will. <laughs> uh he has this additional thing of like he um admits that the reason that he pushes people away is because he assumes people mm-hmm. won't like him in the first place. Sinbad is an arrogant little bitch. Sinbad is a se- sexy pirate. He knows he can get whatever he exactly. wants. Exactly. So it's a different kind of selfishness because it's mm-hmm. not something born out of um, animosity from others. He's just like yeah. that. Honestly, a little bit. Sinbad might not see, him, see himself as this, but he is part of the establishment. He is part of the establishment. <laughs> That's true. Okay, but they are Shrek... They, Simbad and Shrek are the same in the vein that their motivations are personal. At the start yeah, are personal. Yeah, are quite selfish, and it takes like a lady to bring it out. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a lady and an animal with heart. This is true. This is true. Because in Simbad, we have Spike the dog. Spike the dog, exactly. Um, who doesn't speak. <clears throat> will slobber as much as donkey talk yeah let's put it that way yeah it's the amount of like saliva that comes from that dog is distressing <laughs> to me um yeah i think marina is also definitely fiona in that aspect right because she's meant to be marrying a certain guy and then she makes the decision eventually to be like actually no i'm gonna go for this guy because um, mm-hmm. he seems he he lives the life that I should be leading or want to lead the real the real me, you know. Fiona wants to you know her real self is the ogre, and Marina's real self yeah. is being a pirate, which like hell fucking yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because that's like that's uh, that that's established like quite early on. She's like jealous of Sinbad for having access to the ocean. Yeah, exactly. She wants to be the um, seafaring swashbuckling. Yeah, because she sees that if she, uh, I can't remember what point is it an actual conversation with Proteus where she's like, "Oh, I wish I could still have like one more adventure or something." Yeah, like she actively yearns for the sea, yeah. and this is her way of getting it. Is like finding the excuse of making sh- sure Simbad does what he promised to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just go find the fucking book. God. And bring it back. Simbad is an absolute mm. piece also, of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marina also is kind of the driving force. Yeah. Like, the, first of all, the moral backbone, but also just the kind of like assertive force. Yeah, exactly. She's the one that actually gets to shit done. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it's, she's, she is just very Fiona in general. Yeah. Um, um, who's Prince Proteus? Because he's too nice to be Prince Charming yeah, or Far yeah. Blood. Yeah, but he's also not Donkey. <laughs> he's not Donkey because Simbad doesn't have the same kind of respect for his Death <laughs> as to Donkey. So but. He's just kind of there. But. Mm-hmm. In defense of Donkey, Donkey would give his life for Shrek, and Shrek would not give his life for Donkey. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> any day. That's actually true. Yeah. That is actually very. That changes it a little bit. Yeah, it it is. Mm-hmm. And I think Prince Proteus seems like a character who thinks that like literally sun shines out of Simbad's ass. I don't know yeah. where it comes from, but every single time there's shares a screen, it's the power. Or Prince Proteus has to talk about Rita, Simbad. It's the power it's of always so nice. It's just like, it's the power of childhood friendship. Yeah. And Donkey seems to think that Shrek is the best fucking yeah. thing yeah. on planet. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are the same. They just like, it just manifests in different, to a different ways. relationship. They have yeah. different motivations to do what they're doing, you know? Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think it works for now, but it's not a strong Donkey. Yeah. Um, then we have, we have the, like, crew of pirates. Which is and the gang. Fairy tale creaturey. Yeah. They, they have their thing, then their rapport among themselves and, like, with Simbad and Marina. And they seem to, like, take on Marina's, like, faster than Simbad does. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, they 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 can be relegated to the fairy tale. Crew. Yeah, because they don't really have their own arcs in any way. They're just there to help the no. story along, you know. Yeah. Eris is definitely fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Except I don't even think if she does it for pa- like the motivation is a little bit different. Yeah. I think she does it for the chaos, and fairy godmother does it for the power. Yeah. Yeah. But they still work the same way yeah and they see that see themselves in like yeah the machinations and the powers that be and stuff because mm-hmm. yeah eris is the one who keeps throwing all these obstacles in front of Simbat too like first the kraken then the ice bird thingamajigger mm-hmm. and then like the final test and that's very fairy godmother-esque in a way that fairy godmother in shrek 2 tries to com- constantly like throw shit between Shrek and Fiona to drive them apart. Yeah, and she's also trying to, like, you know, turn everything to her way so that she gets yeah. what she wants. Well, yeah, yeah. Which is what Ares wants, too. Yeah, exactly. 
who else do we have let's i don't think we have anyone else. yeah we have the we have produce's dad but he's not and really the ambassador but yeah. like their only thing is to be like the ones that insist that yeah uh, Sinbad dies for the book. Okay. The, well, the dad does try to tell Proteus, like, fucking run away. Yeah. Like, don't trust Sinbad, run away. Yeah. I will cover for you. It's Escape so. With your life. It's genuinely, it was so funny to me when I realized, like, Sinbad was generally not going to try until Marina mm-hmm. uh, convinced him to do it. Like, when he, like, literally, he left and he was like, we're going to Fiji. And I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah, he just wants to go on a. He genuinely doesn't. Yeah, he genuinely doesn't care. (laughs) And Proteus is like ready to sacrifice. Literally, it's it's. Oh God. Anyway, I think what I said to you is like Sinbad is the funniest and worst man alive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's a good description. Mm -hmm. Okay, characters. Sixty. Six. 64 okay 65 purely for the fact that there's just something there's just something that there's just something magnificent about marina and simbad getting together yeah. at the end of this movie and Proteus being left alone gets nothing <laughs> this poor man <laughs> He honestly did the most for this plot, right? Yeah. He was the one that was like, I'll, you know, I'll go save my childhood best friend. I'll, I'll give away my wife. And (laughs) anyway, it is like, he is the most morally upright person and he wins nothing. He wins nothing. This is the thing. I feel like that's a pretty, like, what a way to write a story to have the Mm -hmm. person who is genuinely probably the best. most good out of your entire Mm -hmm. story just benefit from nothing in the entire story you know i hope that there's like you know a sequel there's not gonna be a sequel but i know that this is based off of an existing story and i hope that there's like a sequel in that for some for proteus to get like you know a loving family and a nice house somewhere (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a small win you know yeah just something okay setting Mm fantastical yeah yeah like with powers that be and like fairytale logic of making contracts and having like the magical law that ties you to it that kind of stuff yeah it's very like um you know i know it's an arabic story like the original from mm-hmm. origin but there's also like that entire like greek mythology aspect with eris and yeah, stuff yeah it's it's like it's greco-roman essentially yeah. this entire story but it doesn't feel like super greek to me like the names were the, the thing where i was like oh okay but and mm-hmm. like the the fantastical things but the overall aesthetic was kind of like yeah i was thinking the ships too yeah but maybe I'm just an idiot it's, who doesn't it's, know what. It's, it's a weird mismatch. Yeah. But I also think there has is there is some overlap because that was like I don't the olden days, you know. That is true because it felt to me it felt so similar. There can't be too many ways to make a ship at that point in time. Yeah, exactly. It felt really to me because it, it looked aesthetically very similar to like the Prince of Egypt and like the the Christian stuff, mm-hmm. like the what do you call it? Judo Christian stuff that DreamWorks yeah. has done before. 
And like it, you know, it felt like it was difficult, from what I remember, difficult to discern from that. But it's all just like it's the olden days. Yeah, <laughs> things are happening. Yeah, but um, it, you know, one might maybe even say that it's a bit postmodern than that. It way. is a bit postmodern. I was going to say it felt postmodern. The original text, the original text, is straight from like Arabic fairy tales. Yeah, and this is clearly this is like quite far removed from like arabian influences yeah exactly i think but then also like there's like the little tidbits here and there and the way it looks and it's it's all with the greek mythology and everything so it's this like hodgepodge of like recognizable markers that don't shouldn't go together but do in this movie which Mm -hmm. is what shrek does as well it's what dreamworks does in general it's what dreamworks it's it's their entire brand dreamworks is (laughs) postmodernism. yeah (laughs) Uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, but it doesn't don't... play. It doesn't play with modern aspects as much as Shark does. It, yeah, it like having it having the setting be that ambiguous brings nothing to the story. Yeah. or takes anything away from mm-hmm. it. Exactly, it doesn't really. It's purely for the aesthetics, and maybe they maybe they like the heiress thing of like. They bring in, well, maybe, yeah, they bring in the Greek mythology because that is like a fun little like Deus Ex Machina or yeah, that kind of like yeah. like higher power mm-hmm. that is like recognizable to DreamWorks audience. Yeah. What they wanted to get for this movie. Mm-hmm. So maybe actually it does interact a little bit with the story. Yeah. But not like, not, it's not the main gist like it's with Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Want a grade? Yeah. Um. Sixty. Fifty. Fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Soundtrack. Okay, the soundtrack is by the same person who did the soundtrack for Shrek. Well, there you go. But which is <laughs> um Harry? Wait, I have it written down. Harry Gregson Williams. I didn't even know that. But mm-hmm. it's a very different it's soundtrack. Dreamworks. It's all DreamWorks, but it is a very different mm-hmm. soundtrack. Yeah. But is it like the OST was done by him? Like the comp- or is it like the choice of of songs used or both? I think it's I think it's the like original soundtrack. It's the like um, orchestral pieces. Right. When it would kind of like have some similarities with Shrek. Yeah. Shrek also has that like that mystical fairy tale esque. Yeah. Like yeah yeah. Score. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's it 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 fits the movie. Yeah. It's fun to listen to. I could see this soundtrack to be something like if I wanted to focus, if I still studied, I would have this play when I was reading like for a test or something. Yeah, yeah. But there's no um you know, there's no fun modern songs to mix it up with. No, no. And there's no diegetics. There like diegetics. Yeah, which is like, I was like, where are our fucking sea shanties? Well, this is the thing. Because I feel like at this point, I've... if you think of all the DreamWorks movies up until now, I'm pretty sure a lot of them have a lot of diegetic. If not mm-hmm. all of them have diegetic music, but this one just doesn't. Like, and it lends itself until to this it. Point, until this point, they have done like the Prince of Egypt yeah. and joseph king of dreams he, is that it i don't know i've only seen prince of egypt but, um <laughs> but they both have like musical numbers yeah and diegetic singing exactly kind of like they're musicals it's yeah. disney they're, they're, but, they are yeah musicals, yeah 
but it doesn't no in this one it's the music is purely there for the cinematic feel of it and it doesn't really play a part yeah exactly um yeah but hey shrek uh, same, same composer same, same composer that's a big one yeah we haven't had that yeah. before I'm going to give it 50 for that. I'm going to give it a... Purely for Mr. Harry. Actually, I'm just going to... I'm going to join you in the 50. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's hang out at the 50. Okay. Moral. Um, Let's go. Don't... Be ready to die for your friend, I guess. It pays off, but not really. <laughs> Be like, ready, yeah. Morally. <laughs> like, we can all, we if can you... all agree that Prince Protheus leaves this movie as, like, the only upstanding citizen of this entire story so he has like the moral win he's got the moral high ground but that's all he has (laughs) if yeah if you um essentially the moral is uh be ready to do anything for the friend you had when you were 10 and didn't see since yeah be like be ready to do everything for a friend who's about to fucking rob you (laughs) If it weren't for a giant sea monster sent by a goddess who wrecks his plans and then he like agrees to not steal the book. Maybe and then you feel like displaced loyalty for him. And then, you know. Maybe I don't know where I was going with this point. Yeah. Do do it. Sacrifice your life. Sacrifice your life. I think maybe if we go from a Sinbad perspective, the moral is um do crimes, steal your friend's wife, and you win. You do yeah, win. Yeah. <laughs> it's not stealing a wife because they both like consensually, obviously wanted to get together. Um, mm-hmm. So like, not gonna rag on that. But it's still very much Actually, like. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Simbad doesn't at any point really, I think, choose to be like, unless you read between the lines. But he's not like I'm gonna say Proteus. He's like okay. I will agree to get the book to save Proteus's life so that I can get my weight in fucking diamonds yeah. and retire. Yeah. <laughs> so even the, he's he's the pirate wins. That's what I'm saying. The pirate wins. Pirates win. That's the moral. Yeah. And you know, but it's not really be gay, be gay, do crimes. We can't fully stand well, it. Well, no, no, like... sorry, they are, but they're two different characters. Be gay, Proteus, oh. do crimes. <laughs> but they don't come together in any way they don't match so it's be gay full stop new line do crimes full stop new line (laughs) yeah that's it that's it that's that's but not at the same time not at the same time choose one and the crimes win the gay don't the gays do not win in this but but the be gay wholly separate thing do crime together they make you know yeah, but together, the power of them brings the movie to the point where everything is fine again, essentially. Kind of. Kinda. But the gays... Like the peace the, and the book and the god Yeah, but the gays, gone. the gays don't really win and the crimes do. Yeah. Except, like, Proteus seems to be, like, so fucking gung-ho <laughs> about politics, you know? He also seems he's to... Re- for yeah, he's hot for politics. He's also just really, really into the fact that he did have the moral high ground. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He wi- Mari, he gets a spite win. He, a spite. he can like he will die and he will smile to himself. That's the real like, Dreamworks. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real Dreamworks moral is spite wins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he'll die alone, you know, in his fucking chamber as an ambassador or whatever, and he'll be like, Well at least 
but at least I was a good person once. Yeah. No one Simbad time. could never say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, fuck Simbad, Matt. <laughs> nah, nah. But here, though, he's a fun character. Simbad does the entire the movie solves the entire like resolution of the movie is that Simbad, honest to God, is about to be killed. Like he actually goes back. He does one good thing, and that was he the only moment thing. where I was like, okay. Like, when he goes okay, back and he's fine. genuinely ready to, like, die, I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay. But, like, the, the this was what I was thinking during the movie. Like, not to just criticize the straight-up story, but the twist mm-hmm. from going from, like, I'm off to Fiji, fuck Proteus, to I'm going to die for Proteus. I'm going to take my rightful place as the person who's meant to die. That twist kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> And also, it has nothing to do with Proteus. No, it doesn't have anything to do with Proteus. It, it, like, actually, it would be more interesting, like, if we did see more of their friendship. Like, yeah. even if it had happened, like, way back when. We had, like, flashbacks. Give us a flashback. That would generally be, like, maybe, like, Simpat has forgotten most of it. Yeah. And then during the course of the film, he would remember. And then, like, it would all culminate in him, like, having remembered it all. And he's like, wait, actually, like, this relationship does weigh something in my mind. Yeah. And I want to, like, pay there's... back. But it purely comes from almost, like... He's ready to die for Proteus because Marina kind of expects him to do it. Yeah. And there's a scene before, like, when they're in Eris's lair. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, there's this there's this moment where Simbad is like, I'm so selfish. I'm such a dick. And Marina's like, no, you're not. And the entire time I was thinking, like, up until this point, he super has been selfish and he is a dick. Like, Marina, yeah. you don't you don't have to fix this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to do it for him. He is selfish. He is a dick, and you should tell him that. But he can turn this around if he goes saves save your fiance slash his best friend. Apparently, you know what would be like super sound end what? to this movie? Marina just fucking getting married to Proteus. Honestly, that would be that would be that would go down the like Pirates of the Caribbean line in a way where it's like. The fun protagonist can keep being fun protagonist, but there's like an aspect to his character now that we like respect him for. Yeah, yeah. But then like let the lovers be lovers. We don't need to mix Sinbad in. This. Also, everything that you've shown from Sinbad, for, like if if Marina were my friend, I'd be like, mm-hmm. really, 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 girly, really bestie. <laughs> Like, if the sea is what you want, just be a pirate. Yeah, you could be know? a pirate. You don't need to... Like, and yeah. that's fine. And I'm sure Proteus would love for you to be a pirate, but still, like, you know, mm-hmm. but still be married to him. Like, going for Sinbad, you don't have a really good reason. Because he is a yeah. selfish... Unfor- like, he is a selfish asshole until that moment that he actually decides yeah. to give his life. And, dear listener, don't get us wrong. We love him for we it. We love him. <laughs> But we can like a character. I love a shithead character. We love a shithead character. But you don't want your friend to date a shithead character. No, 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 no. It's it's he's he's fun to keep around and go yeah. to a club and like yeah. have a couple drinks with. Exactly. Him you love to have like three AM conversations after being out the pub with Sinbad. You mm-hmm. don't want to wake up next to him. No. <laughs> and that's cool. You know, you can love awful characters. Also, I'm thinking about this this way too, because Mar- Marina is t- like talks about wanting to go to the sea. Yes, and do like just li- just you know beyond the, the sea. sea. She's she's Moana essentially. Yes, she's Moana. And then Simbad, the entire movie, it seems to be like this like one more thing, and then we're gonna retire. Yeah. one more thing, and then one we're last retire. job. One, one more last job. job. <laughs> 
and then he wants to like retire to Fiji and I'm like is he gonna re like surely there like there's this little piece of conversation at the end of the movie where they're going like where do we go next like mm -hmm. what's the next adventure but I'm like it feels like Simbad doesn't really want the next adventure anymore yeah yeah he, to go to Fiji. He, he genuinely just wants to retire and maybe that's maybe if we do go with the assumption that marina and simbad stay together because part of me is also like will they actually stay together because simbad sounds like yeah, a loose fucking canon but if he retires then maybe they will stay together but then marina oh. wouldn't get her adventure why no, can't marina just become they, marina goes to fiji drops simbad off takes the boat and becomes the, the captain and becomes the new captain yeah we solved the movie we fixed mm -hmm. we fixed the movie it's actually the canon because we don't see anything after they sail into the sunset also you know? what if we do go for the polyamory route and she gets like you know the stability of proteus and a little bit of fun with sinbad <gasps> like wouldn't that be okay too isn't that the dream yeah and what, yeah. isn't that what she needs kind of she yeah because she is she has the moral and she's clearly interested in politics yeah. for being an ambassador and she's in that world and then she also wishes to be at sea. She's never really gung-ho about doing crime. Yeah. She just wants to be at the sea. Exactly. So there could be a nice middle ground. Marina is a sea captain and has two husbands. That's it. And she visits them for like a season yeah. in Fiji, a season in Syracuse. Exactly beautiful perfect that's, that's how the movie that's how the movie ends. ended in that case the moral is <laughs> the moral is um be queer do crime be queer do crime okay uh <laughs> i don't know what you yeah um no one accepts anything about themselves no one overcomes their shortcomings 20 20 i was about to say 20 as well yeah all right um, I'm excited for this because you apparently have a lot to say about studio lore. Yes, I do. I make notes. Okay, to get like the more boring stuff out of the way, um, unlike Shrek, uh, Simbad Legend of the Seven Seas was a box office bomb. Um, they had a 60 million budget and it grossed only 80 million dollars. Mm. And this was like this was in chain of like several DreamWorks movies that were making like not making bank. So this nearly bankrupted um, DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. If they hadn't it was had their... the success with Shrek <clears throat> before and after this, yeah. who knows if we would still have DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. It was their... It, so very much not Shrek, yeah. It was their treasure planet, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking pirates. And it's wild because they are the same fucking movie. Yeah. More or less. Not, and not at all. They just both have pirates. Okay, no, no. <laughs> Um, Shrek, I'm pretty sure, was the first 3D movie from um, DreamWorks. Yeah, and up until the, then, they'd only and, done... And um, Zimbad was the last 2D movie of DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. So again, complete opposites on that regard. Um, no! Uh-uh, uh-uh. Shrek was the mm -hmm. second. The first was Ants. Oh, ants! I keep I, keep, I, I forgot I keep ants ever existed ants all the time. <laughs> yeah, it just—it's a black hole in my mind. Okay, but still, not really. Um, there is a PC game by Atari, and we have Shrek games. We have Shrek PlayStation games and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, the reviews for the movie were mixed, which is not the case against Shrek. Like, the, Simbad is like 
I feel like no one's seen Sinbad is the thing. That's like, the thing. I feel like no one's given it the chance weird. it deserves. Like, it's not a bad movie yeah. at all. It's a very it's fun a, movie. It's a fantastic watch. It's a really it's fun so watch. Good. And yeah. it's really, like, it's it's so nice. It, like, I like the set pieces and everything. Me too. I enjoyed, like, thoroughly everything about this movie. Um, but, yeah, it was not received well. And here's a reason why that might be. It released week before Pirates of the pa- Caribbean. This is literally Treasure Planet all over again. This is literally and Treasure also, Planet all over again. And uh, at, earlier during the summer, Disney had released also Finding Nemo. So you had either kids, like families with smaller kids, they would go see Finding Nemo. Right. Or you had older kids who, when have, having to choose between two pirate movies where the other was like... Older. Pirates of the pa- Caribbean. And that was kind of like a cool new thing, a hip thing and stuff. Of course, they would choose that you one. You know that um, complete side note? My mm-hmm. The first movie I ever saw in cinema was Finding Nemo. So my parents made the exact one. No. Fuck. Okay. And this is where Mari's microphone stopped recording. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a fun little segment of me just talking about the studio lore all by myself and then we will get back to regular scheduling but also this plot thickens and i don't i know this really doesn't have too much to do with shrek but it's just so fucking juicy um simbad was originally a disney movie that they were planning to do after aladdin in 1992 and jeffrey katzenberg was like in the process with the writers, um, let me, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. And they were thinking about doing this movie, but it would have been more along the lines of a, like a romantic comedy. And would you guess that Elliott and Rossio later on went to do, wrote to El Dorado? Because Disney didn't pick their version of Sinbad. And then Katzenberg leaves Disney and he literally like snatches. The, he steals the Simbad movie essentially from Disney and he has like they they don't know how to write it and then he hires like the uh man who wrote uh fucking gladiator to write the script for Simbad and the original script is like they described it as like Casablanca cuz originally like it's like darker and it's like it's 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 not like a whimsical adventure it's more like an epic and then um but then the executives start messing with it and then like i think consulting producers or writers well e- elliot and rocio i can't remember their names but they are like kind of part of that entire scene bad thing but they elliot and rocio who were like the original starters of this entire project they leave because they don't like how the executives like along like of course katzenberg belongs to that group they try to like make it more child friendly and they're kind of like an annoyed they're like if you like tell us what you're going for do you want this to appear to mature audience or like children because if you don't know what you want we can't write it and that's why like the that's why there is something weird about this movie and especially with the like marina same bad romance because elliot and rocio specifically also wanted the ending to be where marina would end up with proteus like, that was, like, most of the writers seemed to have that conclusion in mind. 
But then the executives were kind of like, well, we that's such a bizarre ending for a kid's movie. <laughs> so they ended up like doing what they did, which was this. But when Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio left Simbad Project, do you know what they happened to write? Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it's piracy. It's piracy. They keep stealing ideas from each other. Um, also, just to, like, studio lore points, Elliot and Rossio also wrote Shrek. So they're really in there. And, like, the way studios, like, they have been aware of this movie. Like, they've been aware about Pirates of the Caribbean and Sinbad as they were making these. They've been, like, Disney's doing a pirate movie. We're doing a pirate movie. No, 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 no. Recording. We're recording. Okay. Finally. Cool. Okay. <laughs> there was a very scary moment there where we thought that Mari's audacity had crashed completely and we'd lost all of her side of the stuff. But luckily, it was just a tiny bit. So I've done probably some editing magic right there for you. Yeah. To relay the juicy fucking information that is the entire studio lore of Sinbad. So you probably um, haven't had to listen to my me. voice for a little bit. Yeah. Mari has been gasping yeah. in disbelief yeah. to everything. I've been losing my right entire now, but, mind over this. But that just didn't record. The layers. But I think it's safe to say that this is a spite movie in some respect. Like it was like yeah. first of all, it was stolen from Disney. Yeah. I mean so yeah. we are threading the same territory as Shrek. Mm-hmm. Where like in Shrek the entire product mocks Disney, but here this is like a direct Disney product that they have taken exactly. to themselves. Yeah. So, you know So Spite Ahoy. Yeah. Spite movie, uh weird layers of the the the, the fact that apparently st- like in the early two thousands they only had two writers that wrote half of the shit yeah. that we watched. <laughs> And a lot of um, it is pi- pirate-based. A lot of it is pirate-based. And also, um, I think I had still some um, Studio Lore bit. Well, it's, everything is kind of like moot now, because like, that was the big thing. But they, because, um, like, yeah, the original, or like the newer script was written by the man who wrote Gladiator, for some reason, they wanted to cast Russell Crowe as... as oh, I saw that. And I was just like, that feels like a miscast. But they didn't do it. Yeah. And yeah, the, then they cast Brad Pitt. And he does a wonderful job. Yes. I really like um, Brad Pitt's voice in this. Yeah, it's really good. I, I like it too. I, I for the longest time when I was watching this, I was like, who the fuck is he? Who the f-? like?" I was oh, like, really? I, I was looked in that like, weird uncanny valley. Yeah, yeah. I tried to find it out on my own, but then I couldn't. And then I was like, oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, because we have, and then we have the same stuff that we have at Shrek, where it's like, like we have big, stu- like big names uh-huh. playing these parts. A lot of big we names. We have Brad Pitt and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it relied on that kind of star power. Yeah. It was really big star and, power, but like, it was, again, yeah. surprisingly that a flop, but maybe like they weren't as big then as they are now. Then yeah. again. Well, I think again. Brad Pitt was pretty fucking high yeah. in the early 2000s. Because this was like, this was post Fight Club. Yeah. Um, 
Also, yeah, uh, like goes without saying, but this is based on tales of Simbat the seaman from, like, I don't know, like, back in, way, way, way back from, like, the, <laughs> from the old thousand days. and one yeah. nights. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously that, it, it's a bit, bit of a, like, oh, yeah, the writer, the writer of Gladiator who wrote this, he said that when they were trying to pin this, like, where this movie would take place, he decided to choose the Greco-Roman time period because he was still familiar with it from having written Gladiator. And there was, like, and as this movie was released, there was, like, a lot of, like, reviews saying, like, why the fuck is this? Why is there nothing Arabian? Yeah. Because literally that's the original text. And they just didn't. They just didn't. Well, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun studio shit. This guy was on a Greco-Roman kick. And look, I can relate to that. We've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) We've all all had our Greco-Roman whole face. Yeah. Even if if you were a kid or if you perhaps reread The Song of Achilles and then played Hades for 70 hours straight after. Yeah. God. Oh, God. Anyway. um, Anything else you want to add? No. Well, Brad Pitt was hesitant about his accent, his Missourian accent. He wasn't sure if it, if it would fit this time period. And then well, Katzenberg was like, it's fine. No, nothing <laughs> did, so it's okay. They don't sound English yeah. in, in uh, the original stories either, I'm sure. Yeah. So it, no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Guess what? Katzenberg, you know, loves to throw in an accent, you know, that just has nothing yeah. to do with the time period. That's very Shrek. Um, yeah. Time period setting. Okay. I'm from all the fuckery. All the fuckery makes it all a pretty... All the yeah. and that kind of stuff. It, but it, it was it a flop. It. But it was a flop. It was a flop. Yeah. But then also based on a book, Big Star Names... Um, but did not propel oh, forward it, the studio. In fact, it probably did the opposite. Prof- yeah, and also I was gonna say there's a um, there's a theme park ride at a Disney park. I think it's the Disney Sea Japan, Tokyo Disney Sea, whatever it's called. They have a theme bad ride, but it's not based on this movie. It's based <laughs> so on funny. the like fairy tale, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. not fairy tale, but the like original, like the yeah original the original text. text. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> So that doesn't count. No. Okay. I'm going to give it a f- I'm... 56. I'm going to give it 78. Okay. Oh, wow. Opposite vibes. It's yeah. obviously the fact that it was a flop is... Yeah, it is a big one. But we haven't had spike like this. Like, ugh, the spike trajectory. It's just so good. 67. That's the total. Okay. Um, I'm going to calculate this. The final score for this movie is a 55.17. It would have been higher if it wasn't for the fucking moral. Yeah, the moral honestly brought this down like a fucking ton of bricks. (laughs) Um, Still a worthwhile watch. It's about the same as Legally Blonde and... um, What's this? Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) So... So go That's figure. Um, uh, yeah. So next week 
well we 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 mm-hmm. watched the movie because we're doing a double recording today but we'll reveal yeah, it to yeah. you guys now uh i was i was put on the spot yesterday where i had to think of a movie to watch for today um and i was uh a little bit hungover yesterday <laughs> so mm-hmm. so you can see how it <laughs> might have um played a part in the choosing off the yeah. movie and i was um i feel like i've had more movies to choose from and i couldn't think of anything so for next week you'll be listening to us talking about the hangover <laughs> like when you texted that to me i for a second i thought it was a prank i, I was like where is mari <laughs> pulling the hangover i was looking on netflix so it was available on netflix yeah but it was, like, I was like it can't surely it can't like i remember thinking this was funny right me too yeah. However, that's you'll find out next Back week. In the day. Yeah. You'll find out next week what we thought. Um, um mm-hmm. have a good rest of your week. And have a good rest of your week. Engage with the podcast however you see fit. Exactly. Um, thank you for listening. Goodbye. So long. Just goodbye. So long, Alfeder said. It we're swamp it up on all social medias. Goodbye. Bye.